0: about the hard parts of life. Join us and guests like Michelle Obama, Tracy Ellis Ross, and Brene Brown as we have refreshingly honest conversations. New episodes are out every Tuesday and Thursday. So listen to and follow We Can Do Hard Things in Odyssey podcast. Available now for free on the Odyssey app and everywhere you get your podcasts.
2: This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is brought to you by Hamul Casino, San Diego's closest casino. Real close, real friendly, real fun. Haters set and
3: ready. 0-2, swing and a miss! Freeman went after a slider in the dirt, and the ball game is over! The series is over! And the Padres have slayed the Dragon. They defeat the Dodgers in four games to advance to the National League Championship Series. They will play for the pennant beginning on Tuesday night here at home against the Phillies. One
4: of the great weekends in San Diego sports history, and we welcome you in to Gwyn and Chris on the Monday following. Uh, good afternoon, everybody. Shortly after 2 o'clock, it is Chris Ello, It is Matt Scraby together in our Odyssey Palace studios here in San Diego. It is Tony Gwynn Jr. at Petco Park where the Padres pulled it off. They knocked out the heavily favored, one of the great teams in National League history their rivals, their bitter rivals. The Los Angeles Dodgers have been vanquished and the Padres have moved on to the National League Championship Series. Tony Gwynn Jr., what a weekend
5: it was, my friend. How sweet it is, right? Yeah. I mean, um, it, was, uh, it was epic, man. It really was. You, you forget, like, we just haven't had this many – we haven't had these kind of moments in this city very often. No. Um, and – they seem to come when nobody's really expecting it. And um this is no different to me than the run in ninety eight, obviously, which ended up getting to a World Series, but um this team um this team put it together at the right time. We talked about it a lot during the year, about week to week, about, you know, just the ebbs and flows of a season. And uh these guys as we talked, they took some gut punches, man, so when it was time to put it all on the line. They were more than comfortable, it seemed like, in that series against the Dodgers. And this was just, to me, it was just the Padres outplayed the Dodgers. And and that's um, the first time all season in, in that span of games, um, maybe maybe other than the last series of the year where the Padres played them pretty competitive, that was the first time they outplayed the Dodgers all year long, and they picked the perfect time to do it.
4: So many magical moments this weekend, Tony, and uh, obviously you compare this to 1998, uh, you have to, it's the last time the Padres made the National League Championship Series, but this is a little sweeter because they beat the Dodgers along the way, and uh, I, I just, I mean, I feel great for the 26 guys in that locker room and, and the support staff of the Padres, but I feel a whole lot better for... The long-time, lifelong Padre fans who have uh, had sand kicked in their face by the Los Angeles Dodgers and and really the city of Los Angeles. I mean, uh, mean, look, maybe through no fault of its own, but L.A. took our basketball team. L.A. took our football team. The Dodgers have basically kept the Padres as second-class citizens for the last two or three decades. And to knock them off on the way to the National League Championship Series – you said how sweet it is. I think that's a perfect description. I, I was just so happy for so many people the other night. I looked over, sitting with the coach, John Quintero. He had a tears running down his face after they knocked off that final out the other night. and I totally understood it, Tony. I mean, we've taken, a lot of, we've taken it a lot from the L.A. Dodgers, and at least for one time, we can say we got over on them.
5: Yeah, you know, I ran into Coach the other day, and he had tears in his eyes at at that point as well. <laughs> and um, I mean, yeah, it, for him, it it, br- it brings up the it brings up for him it brings up like my pops and, and people he wish yeah he that could be around to see a Jerry, uh, be around to see some of this stuff. But you know, it, it it's just amazing because for so long. Yes, the Dodgers have been, um, as you said, they've kept us as second-class citizens in some ways, or at least made us feel that way. And, um, and some of it was, you know, we just didn't have the the right people in place. I mean, you have now uh, uh, an unbelievable owner in Peter Seidler. You have a, an age. You have a, a a president of baseball operations slash GM and AJ Preller who. Um has not been afraid to roll the dice and go for it. And um a lot of times and much and listen, I, I think about this a lot. Um when the core changes a lot, right? It's tough to like build some type of identity with your with your club. But um I think in year number two with largely the same roster, right, coming in, they made some moves that Changed a, a few pieces, but largely the same guys have gotten to to know one another and gotten the chance to to really trust one another. And you saw it on full display in that seventh inning, um, in that game where they in, in that closeout game where they batted around in eighth, and we've seen them do it at different points in the season, put up an explosive number, but never in in that spot right there. And no. that's to me was. Uh, Part of the 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 most impressive part watching these dudes go out and play. They basically the bullpen's been so good. They basically made that a a, a six inning game, right? You had to, the Dodgers had to put up some runs, enough runs in the first six, or it was going to be trouble because the back end has just been so dominant, and it was no different. The fans out here, I mean, it was they they didn't seem like anybody wanted to leave, Chris. They were here forever Aren't they after still that there? game, man. Aren't they still there? Well, there's a few stragglers too. Still, yeah, still, still a few people. Still walking downtown
4: right now. I'm telling you what, it was a magical scene Friday night after game three, and it was matched and then some on Saturday night. And you talked about the heroes of this series, Tony. There's so many of them for the Padres who would take us all show and we'll take all show to talk about them. But I think it does start and end with the bullpen. Sixteen innings. They allowed just one run in the series. The one run they allowed was in the seventh inning on Saturday night and it gave the Dodgers a 3-0 lead. And, you know, I I don't know that people realize that when Tim Hill came in and struck out Max Muncy and stranded those two runners at second and third – Those were the biggest two outs of that ball game, in my mind, on Saturday night. And they set the stage for the bottom of the seventh inning, which I think will be relived in the memories of San Diego fans forever. And as you said, Tony, it wasn't one moment in the bottom of the seventh inning. It was every single guy going to the plate and doing his job and being willing to pass the baton to the next guy. Jerkson Profar got a walk. Trent Grisham got a single. Austin Nola bounced a single to score a run. Hasan Kim bounced a double to score a run. Juan Soto singled. And then after Manny and Brandon Drury were unable to get those runs in, Jake Cronenworth, I'm telling you what. I, right. I couldn't be happier for a guy with two outs to come up with the two run single, two strikes against a tough one of the toughest left handers in baseball and Alex Vesia and uh the magical hit for Jake. The Crone Zone shined at the perfect moment to cap off that five run rally. It was a beautiful thing.
5: It was it was such a beautiful stroke. Slider up, running away from him, and he just like Served it in the center field. It was it was a beautiful piece of hitting by him. And I mean, how? Is I guess it's it it's it's part of the this storybook, right? Because it seems like mo, a, a lot of times in this year, when the Padres needed a big hit, Jay Cronenworth has provided it for him in some way, some shape or form. It was no different in the closeout game. And you're right, man. Uh, bullpen was, <laughs> and that's the fitting that you said. That you, there's so many moments. There's so many guys that helped. But that was indicative of how they've been playing really this whole whole postseason. Even in the Mets series, it wasn't just one guy, right? Somebody different is seemingly coming up with a big hit or doing something to help the team. It may not even be a hit. It may be a sack, but it may be a stolen base. I mean, there's they've done everything how you would imagine a team that plays flawless baseball plays so far in this playoffs
4: yeah airless series for the Padres against the dodgers and uh it's a magical win I mean obviously the Philadelphia Phillies still stand in the way of a world series berth. We will talk plenty about the upcoming series between the Dodgers and the Phillies, but i mean the pod, the Dodgers and the Phillies that was a
1: oh my that was goodness.
4: that was a slip. <laughs> The Padres <gasps> and the Philadelphia Phillies, of course, and it begins tomorrow night with Game 1. But I, I, I had the Dodgers on my mind because I want to continue to talk about what it means to knock off the Dodgers and what the Padres had in, had to do in order to accomplish it. And the celebration Saturday, I think, started, Tony, in the eighth inning when the heavens opened up and the rains came. And, you know, I mean, uh, just uh, that just seemed to add to the atmosphere of, you know, the drama and, and the memory that everybody will have, uh, singing in the rain and celebrating and the Dodgers being washed away. The big Dodger in the sky crying as it, as their team was finally vanquished. And, uh, it just added to it and then on down into the clubhouse for the celebration saturday night which i think was was you know exciting but still you know the padres they haven't let it all hang out yet they know that there's still plenty of work to do and i think anybody that's worried that you know what they just beat the dodgers now how are they going to get up for the phillies i think that all started on saturday night after the game I, I i don't think to a guy there was a single guy that still isn't wasn't enjoying themselves but not looking ahead as well
5: I mean, yeah. at this point, that kind of talk should be – that shouldn't even be in anybody's head at this point. No. right? I mean, you've already beat a 100-win team in the Mets that nobody thought you'd beat. Now you've beaten the Dodgers. Why would you now stop here? I mean, the goal is the World Series anyway. So um, the other thing is, thankfully, the, the heavens opened up there in the eighth. At that point, everybody's a lot warmer than they would have been um, <laughs> third inning or so. That might have had a little different flair to it, but – by that time everybody's feeling good, they're nice and warm. So it was perfect. You're right. It did seem like it only it only enhanced thing. They started playing jump around there after that inning and it was like the whole building from my point of view, the whole building was jumping around at the same exact time. It was pretty cool. It man.
1: wasn't it just was, your point of view. It was my it point was, of view too. It was yeah, it was,
5: was, it was point of view. Uh, if you could it it was see epic, the game. Man.
4: If you could see the game, I mean, people were straining to get a look at that game. There were so many people that seemed to didn't have tickets or didn't have seats. It was or standing t- room only. Yeah, it really was. I mean, uh, and I, I i don't I don't often compliment a front office uh, of a baseball team, Tony, because I think the guys on the field get it done. But th- whatever the Padres and Eric Grubner did to make sure that there was really only Padre fans in that stadium on Friday and Saturday night. We have lived through so many Dodger games at Petco where it's been, you know, half blue in the crowd. And you had to strain to find Dodger fans on Friday night and Saturday night. And uh, the Padres organization, maybe they rubbed some people the wrong way who felt they wanted to go to that game and root for the Dodgers. They definitely
5: rubbed some people the wrong way. But I'm sorry that they did because
4: (laughs) it it was a beautiful thing to see just Padre fans celebrating and totally unencumbered because there was really no retaliation from the L.A. Blue.
5: Yeah, I mean, what could they do? You can't, <laughs> yeah. buy, the t- you can't buy the tickets. You can't buy the ticket. So. It,
1: it, it's just amazing how momentum works, especially in sports and especially in baseball, because my friend was there. He bought his tickets. He spent a lot of money on his tickets, but he wanted to be there to see this happen. We're texting around, like, the top of the seventh inning. Man, this stinks. They have given nothing to the crowd to cheer about. And then all of a sudden, the seventh inning happens, five run happens, and the entire place is on fire.
5: Your friend was not lying. It was quiet in this it place for It was so seven quiet. Years. So it was. So yeah. it, was you, it was like it was like nervous energy to yes. begin with before the sco- scores happened, and then as they scored, it really became nervous energy. But it was like being freed when that when they when the Padres tied it, um, and then when they took the lead, man, it was uh, it was pretty epic, man. It was it was. Dare a lot I say,
1: dare I say that the rally goose made an appearance before that whole thing. And it got them going. The Rally Goose. Did you see what they played on the big screen? They played a whole video about the Rally Goose.
4: Yeah, I know. Bottom of the seventh Tony's inning. Tony's
1: not happy with this Yeah, I'm not go- having too Blake much Snow of that. Blake Snell ran around the field with a rally goose.
4: Yes, he did. He did. And, he uh, did. And, uh, and Jorge Alfaro placed the rally goose on second base at the end of the celebration on the field. <laughs> I, I know that.
1: I, I, I think the rally
4: goose will probably make a whole bunch more appearances, whether we like it or not, in the National League Championship Series. But uh, it, it was something. And uh, the fans, you should be proud of yourself. I know you're proud of the ball club, but you fans have, have uh, waited a long time for this. You deserve it. You earned it. And uh, I I tell you, I don't think there was a dry in the house as the Padres celebrated, or there wasn't a dry body in the house because everybody was soaking wet. But uh, it was a thrill to be there. And uh, not only do I think it was one of the greatest you know, weekends in San Diego sports history. But it's got to be right up there in one of the great weekends in the history of the city itself. I I, I was talking to Mark Grant after the game down in the clubhouse, and I was saying, what beats this? The dedication of the Coronado Bridge. I mean, what else, what other things have we had to celebrate like this in San Diego? And I, you know, I've said this so many times that people say, "Well, you know, you want a new stadium," and it, well, only so many people take part and go to baseball games and go to athletic events, and not everybody's a sports fan. I'm sorry, there is nothing, absolutely nothing, that can bring a city together like uh, your team and what the padres have done is they brought everybody in the city together I, I i was driving today people are letting you in in traffic now people are you know <laughs> people are giving you the right away old ladies are crossing the street and people are helping them you know I, the whole city has gotten a huge lift from this and it, it's going to continue to be a lift it, it, it's just an amazing feeling right now to have even if you're not a hardcore padre fan you're caught up in this right now tony it's and easy that's what's to- have
5: this conversation when you're able to host a playoff game. Yeah. Any yeah, at, that at too. any level. Yeah. At any level. We haven't been able to do that. And so that conversation that you're having where you, you run into the person, well, you know, not everybody's a sport. You start you can have that conversation a lot more when you're following a team that hasn't had a ton of success. Once you start to get to this level consistently, that conversation for the other side becomes a tougher conversation to have. Yeah. Moving forward, and and listen. The, the other thing I will say is this: uh, as legit as this has been, um, regardless of what happens when the Padres come back from Philly, I I all often think back to the Padres in '84. I only saw a video of this. I wasn't. I, I mean, I don't think I was there. I might have been there, but um, they come back from Chicago 2-0, and like the entire quail. Well, Jack Murphy Stadium parking lot And you know how big that bad boy was Was like full of people That's what I would expect When the Padres come back from Philly I can tell you right
1: now I have uh, More people ask me In this this last like three days Where they can go to celebrate the Padres players And I, I just said Petco is really all I can tell you, but keep a lookout for something else because I'm sure that the Padres are going to have an announcement. By the way, speaking of Padres celebrating in the community, Will Myers going around to bars after the game on Saturday night, (laughs) buying the entire place beers and shots and thanking friend. Him and his wife did that at several bars downtown, and I think that is amazing.
4: Yeah, Padre players have definitely been caught up in the fervor, and uh, it's going to be something here this next week. Game one of the National League Championship Series is tomorrow night. It is the Padres and the Philadelphia Phillies that will go and fight it out for a birth in the world series. Thank you, I know. I got it right this time. NLCS,
1: baby. It doesn't even feel real, does it? It,
4: it? Well, there aren't too many people out there who believe it's real I mean after all you've got the number five seed and the number six seed the only way the Padres could have hosted game one of the NLCS was if the they made it and the Phillies made it but it worked out that way and the series will start in San Diego game one on Tuesday night game two is Wednesday afternoon I, I would expect it's going to be an off day for everybody in San Diego County <coughs> on Wednesday I'm sick, afternoon. Chris, i can't come in. You don't even have to say you're sick. Just oh, say okay. you're going to go to the game. Uh, okay. <laughs> and I think most people are going to understand. So uh, it is upon us, the NLCS. We have so much to cover today. We're going to hear from Bob Melvin and Hugh Darvish, who's starting Game 1, and Manny Machado, all of their pregame press conferences this afternoon at Petco Park. Tony Gwynn Jr., again, as he was after they clinched a playoff spot and as he was after they beat the Mets was in the Padre clubhouse the other night and he got all kinds of post-game interviews and reaction and we will play you a lot of that to give you some of the feeling of what it was like down in the Padre clubhouse Saturday night. I worked my way in there as well, Tony. I did not have a, uh, I did not have an actual credential to go into the clubhouse.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that on the radio. <laughs> well, I'm saying it anyway. I, I
4: don't think the Padres would mind. I, I, I didn't sneak in. I, I was able to... Sounds like you did. If you was, didn't have
1: a clearance,
4: I was able to borrow somebody else's clubhouse credential and work my way <laughs> in. Oh, get out of here! Every, nobody's nobody's worried about that right now. But you know, uh, we do
5: have a, quite a few uh, folks at this organization that listen to the show. I yes, I know. Well, here. I
4: apologize, I probably shouldn't have done that, but I wanted to go in. I wanted to. I wanted to hug my buddy Tony Gwynn Jr. congratulate everybody that I could. And uh, you know, I saw AJ Preller down there and shook his hand and. You know he's already looking to the next series, Tony. I could tell he already had his game face on for the Phillies. He did. But, he uh, did.
5: I ran into him as well. He definitely had his game face he did. on. Yeah, he was, he was not. He was not going to enjoy it. I Too feel like much. he enjoyed the clinch better than he enjoyed this one yesterday. Yeah, he
1: knows there's a lot of. The work further to do. you go, the more pressure builds.
5: Yeah,
6: absolutely.
4: That's what's fantastic about all this. All right, we'll take our first break of the day. We're on till four thirty today, ahead of Monday Night Football. It'll be the Chargers and the Broncos later on on ninety-seven three. The Fan, but for now, it is celebrating a wonderful weekend in San Diego with Gwyn and Chris on ninety-seven three. The Fan.
5: How powerful is Cox Internet?
0: About the hard parts of life. Join us and guests like Michelle Obama, Tracy Ellis Ross, and Brene Brown as we have refreshingly honest conversations. New episodes are out every Tuesday and Thursday. So listen to and follow "We Can Do Hard Things" in Odyssey Podcast, available now for free on the Odyssey app and everywhere you get your podcasts.
3: Charging the two-one pitch, grounded towards third base. It gets by Muncy, and a fair ball down the left field line. Grisham's on his way home. He will score. Nola to third. Kim to second. and RBI double in a one-run game
4: oh what a magical seventh inning it was it lasted 34 minutes and it turned a series around the padres are going to the national league championship series the dodgers they are headed home welcome back to gwen and chris our monday show the day after a magical weekend here in america's finest city we are going to open it up for a lot of phone calls tony Gwynn jr is headed downstairs he's taking part in all of the uh Press interviews ahead of Game 1 of the NLCS tomorrow. Hopefully, Tony will be back with us on the show in a little bit. But uh, Scraby's alongside, and uh, Chrisello here as uh, we, uh, we just bask in the glow of the Padres getting ready for their third NLCS in franchise history. The first one, obviously, since 1998. Padres. They've never lost a National League Championship Series. For well, what that's good. worth, yeah, they've only been in two and they won both of them, beating the Cubs, of course, in 84 and the Braves in 98. Philadelphia, they have waited a long time as well. Keep in mind, the Phillies snapped the longest drought of any National League team without going to the playoffs this year. This was their first appearance since 2011. That's
1: wild to me, because they were so good for so long. They were really good during that
4: run. In fact, won a World Series in 2008, were in the World Series in 2009, but... After 2011, the Phillies did not make the postseason again until this year. And uh, from a national perspective, it is a stunning National League Championship Series. There can't be anybody anywhere who predicted both of these teams would survive the first two rounds of the playoffs. I mean, you look at the four teams that have been knocked out. I mean, the Mets and the Dodgers, knocked out by the Padres the cardinals and the world series champion Braves knocked out by the Phillies that's just that's not
1: all supposed to happen maybe no. some of that's supposed to happen but not all of it did you see all of the whining about the five game series over the weekend i'm not just talking about dodgers or dodgers fans it was all the teams that lost the five game series that everybody was upset Well the by. teams that
4: had a bye right basically the, yeah you know the Braves had a bye and they fell to the Phillies the Dodgers had a bye they fell to the Padres the Yankees had had a buy, and they still have their work cut out for him mm-hmm. game five coming up for new york tonight at four o'clock against cleveland to determine who gets to go on and play houston i i thought of it but there really is no argument there's number no one argument there's no argument here's the first thing um the teams with a buy in the second round have gone seven and eight so far so there's no there's no advantage either way, right? The, yeah. the the teams that played in the first round won eight. The teams that didn't play in the first round won seven. Not only that, how could the Dodgers possibly complain about having a bye? They won the first game of this series. That's true. You know, I mean, that didn't seem to bother them in game one. They took control so, of
1: it right there. Right.
4: They, they 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 ran out and got the first game, and they had a lead in game number two. So, you know, it, it's sour grapes. I, I, I will tell you this. As Bob Melvin said, every team that had to play in the first round would have switched positions with the teams that didn't have to play in the first round. But, you know, it just worked out this way. The Padres, as Tony said in our open the Padres played better baseball than the Dodgers did over the course of four games. Uh, defensively, offensively, they executed better. The Dodgers couldn't get any big hits with runners in scoring position. At one point in the series, the Dodgers went 20 consecutive bat at bats with a runner in scoring position without getting a hit. Wait, I, wait say that again. They went 20 consecutive at bats with a runner in scoring position without getting a hit. They wow. were o for they were o for two to end game one. They were 0 for 8 in game 2. Mm. They were 0 for 9 in game 3. And then they went 0 for 1 with a runner in scoring position to start game 4. Okay, wow. Finally, Freddie Freeman got that two run double to uh, break the streak. But. You know, that, you can't blame that on a bye. That, that's, you can only blame that on not being able to come up with clutch hitting and the Padres clutch pitching. I mean, making the pitches when they had to. Padres did it throughout the series. Dodgers wound up going a total of 5 for 34 with runners in scoring position. The Padres had four hits with runners in scoring position in the seventh inning alone. The other night. I so, can't believe that I mean, seventh that, inning. <laughs> that seventh inning is going to live on for a long, long time. I mean, it was something. And, uh, you know, I mean, we'll replay it forever and ever. We'll have uh, Jay Cronenworth coming up in a few minutes here, his interview with Tony Gwynn Jr. down in the clubhouse following the game. All right, we're going to take phone calls, but we're at the bottom of the hour. Let me just set kind of the scene for you here. Uh, we're going to be on until 4.30, and then it'll be uh, Monday Night Football. The uh, Broncos... And that team that used to be here uh, facing off in, in L.A. Uh, to wrap up week number six of the national football. Like, by the way, what a crazy Sunday it was. It really was. Uh, if you watched any football, um, the Packers fell to the Jets. The Buccaneers fell to the Steelers. I and mean, it was just one upset after another. Tom Brady and, threw uh, another fit. Tom Brady threw another fit on the sidelines. It was a it was a crazy week six of the NFL. We'll uh, recap it all later on in our good, bad, and ugly. But um, so we're coming up on football. Uh, as far as the baseball is concerned, we mentioned it there. The uh, Yankees and in, uh, the Indians. See, here we are. Here we Post-season, are. Postseason. It finally comes back to me. Uh, Yankees and Guardians will play Game Five of the ALDS tonight. It starts at four o'clock in New York. The winner will move on to the ALCS to take on the Houston Astros. we will. Uh, the Astros swept the Mariners, but it took a little while longer. 18 innings on Saturday before uh, Jeremy Pena hit that home run to send the Astros to the ALCS. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about the other playoffs going on. But uh, most of your phone calls, 833-288-0973. Get online, share your experience uh, Saturday night, whether you were there, whether you weren't there. Um, I, I have one I just want to duck in real quick. I was on KUSI this morning with Paul Rudy, my unusual Monday morning appearance, and he played me a clip. An old friend of ours, Michael Brunker, used to coach at San Diego State, he sent a clip to Paul Rudy, his son, standing in front of the TV to TV screen on Saturday night while Jake Cronenworth was at bat in the seventh inning, and his son had a Jake Cronenworth you know, I don't want to say doll, but mini figurine, a Jake Cronenworth A bobblehead. A bo- I don't know if it was, I don't think it was a bobblehead. It was more of a Jake Cronenworth figurine, and his son is about nine years old, was rubbing the head of the figurine. <laughs> I love that. And Michael Brunker, who took the video, showed the TV screen and his son rubbing the head of Jake Cronenworth at the exact time that he got that bass hit. That was a magical scene, and it kind of just encapsulates, you know, what everybody was doing in that moment, whatever they could do. To help Jake come through and uh, the crone zone delivered.
1: Now, I, I have a hard time remembering when things happened, but on Friday night, Jake, did he leave? Was it the first inning that he, he drove in that yes, run? Yes, he it drove in the fr- run on so uh, Friday night. I Absolutely. Like, I felt like that right there set the tone for the entire weekend because he gets that. He opens up the scoring. Uh, they end up chasing Tony Gonsolin from the game. And when he was going to, to first, you saw it on his mouth. I can't repeat what he said because it's the radio but he basically said LFG, let's go lfgsd yeah let's so go
4: let's go it, it well. just
1: it's so nice to see those guys just feeling like we are
4: yeah well somebody on this show called that jay cronenworth would be the hero of the dodger series i know thanks for bringing it up uh, you're welcome uh <laughs> it's
1: chris who actually yeah did i
4: did jay cronenworth hit 438 in the series with five rbis so i would say he was certainly one of the many heroes for the padres all right uh quick break we're a little late for that sorry about that we'll come back Morgan and chris on the way
3: Two and two, here's the pitch, Cronenworth swings, lines it into center field, that's a base hit, Kim will score, here comes Soto, the throw from Thompson kicks off the mound and down to second, Cronenworth, a two run single and the Padres in front for the first time tonight, it's five to three.
6: I got Jake Cronenworth with us right now, Jake, huge knock in a big moment. It seems like you've been that guy all season long. Walk us through it. I saw Vesia getting warmed up in the bullpen. Uh, I thought they were going to go to him right away, uh, but I don't think he was ready yet, so uh, they are giving me the bunt, so I fake bunted. Uh, and obviously, Vessia comes in, tough lefty. Not really many lefties that have too much success off him this year. Uh, honestly, just trying to get the barrel on the ball in the middle of the field and get those two guys in. That knock was reminiscent of the RBI single to get things started last night. Slider up, stayed on it beautifully. Just talk about that stroke. I mean, you've been hammering balls to the right side all season long. You stayed up the middle on that. Was that the game plan? Well, with those guys that are coming in late in the game, you know, with the stuff they have, you just got to take a short swing and stay in the middle of the field and just Hope for the best. This Dodger ball club gave you guys fits all season long. How difficult is it to get to the playoffs and basically remove the 19 games that happened prior to this series? Yeah, you know, they had our number during the regular season, uh, but we came in here, took one from them at their place. And with our fans and the crowd support behind us, the energy they brought pushed us to this win. Talk about the work at the bottom of the lineup. It's really been all postseason, but especially in this series, they were huge for you guys in in creating chances for you guys to score runs. Yeah. uh, I think if there's anybody who's propelled us to where we're at now, outside the bullpen, it's been those three guys down at the bottom of the order. They're just giving us the opportunity for the guys at the top of the lineup to get them in. Have you had a chance to wrap your mind around this NLCS that's coming your way right now? No, I'm just going to enjoy this right now. will worry about that in the next couple of days. Enjoy brother. Thank you.
4: And uh, enjoy it they did Saturday night in the Padre clubhouse. Tony Gwynn Jr. with Jake Cronenworth, the hero of uh, game two, he had the home run to uh, extend the lead. Just slammed that ball deep into the uh, night and uh, down the right field line in game two and had the uh, RBI single to open the scoring in game three and then the two-run single to close the scoring in game four. What a series for Jake Cronenworth. Uh, 438 average, as I mentioned, with five RBIs. As the Padres vanquish the hated L.A. Dodgers three games to one. Chris Ello, Matt Scraby together in our Odyssey Palace studios we're going to take some phone calls. I got a note here from uh, Adam Klug, our program director, said that uh, while the Padres are making this run, they're tracking some of the streaming numbers of people listening online to the program, Scraby. Yes. It's triple or quadruple what it normally is so we want to welcome everybody who uh, maybe hasn't heard our program in the past welcome you to the fervor that is going on here in america's finest city thanks for joining us we are going to have wall-to-wall coverage of this national league championship series on gwen and chris and on all of our talk shows but uh scraby the enthusiasm for you especially has been off the chain. People are coming out of the woodwork at Petco Park tracking you
1: down everywhere you go. Well, they're not so much tracking me down, but uh, I, I have had a lot of people stop me, and it's kind of surprising to me because no one really knows what I look like, but I guess they do. Yes, they so, do. Because I, I, just, I just walked around on Saturday night, and I took in all the scenes and the sights and the sounds and just... Wherever I was, I posted up, tried to find a spot, watched the game, kept walking. But there was a spot where I came up, and I was, it was on that uh, turnstile, not turnstile, but it's like a walkway that goes all the way up in left field. And I'm just standing there trying to see from the left field line, and this guy next to me, he goes, Scraby, what are you doing over there? Get over here, kind of thing. And i so uh, he-,
4: he wanted to give you his seat.
1: Well, he moved over, and he kind of created a little bit of a space for me, so I have to shout out Matt right now. He is, uh, All right, Matt. I believe he's probably listening right now. I asked everybody when they're listening so I could shout him out in the proper time frame, but okay. I'll try my best, but Matt was uh, very nice. I stayed there for a couple innings. I met a ton of people. Yeah. A lot of people. A ton of people. You know what? We do
4: this talk show in a, in a little bit in a vacuum. I mean, we do take the phone calls and uh, get to uh, talk with the fans out there, but... You know, we don't realize just how many people are tuned into Padre Baseball right now. So we welcome everybody to it. We're thrilled that you are along for part of the ride. And we invite you to come out and join us once again tomorrow. We will be broadcasting live from the loft in the Western Metal Supply Company building. Uh, we'll be there from 2 o'clock to 4 o'clock ahead of game one tomorrow. So uh, as soon as you get into the stadium, come on up to the loft tomorrow. And be sure to say hi. Our, our show, especially on Friday, Scraby was crazy. I mean, we were trying to do the radio show. People just kept standing next to us <laughs> and snapping pictures off yeah. while we were actually on the air. We were posing for pictures with people. So uh, I don't know what kind of celebrities we truly are. But I think everybody just wants to feel part of what's going on right now and, uh, and, and make sure they can document what's happening right now. And we want to hear from you out there. Document what you enjoyed over this weekend, and we'll start it off with Casey and El Cajon. First up today on Gwyn and Chris. Hi, Casey.
1: Hey, what's going on, Chris? Not How much, man. How are what's up, you, Casey?
6: Just, uh, well, you yeah, know, yeah, fired up, man. We're fired up. That was an awesome, awesome series. Just, uh, just a historical one for us. Uh, just to see those guys on
1: on the other side, whiffing at haters' last few pitches. I mean, Trey Turner looking like he doesn't he know what he's seeing, Freddie Freeman looks uncomfortable and swinging out of his shoes, getting fooled on it. I mean, that, there was nothing more gratifying than seeing those guys go down like that.
4: Yeah. I mean, the top three in the Dodgers order, they scared the daylights out of me every single time. And uh, I turned to the coach. Uh, was, as I said, I was sitting next to him and uh, I couldn't have thought of anybody I'd rather be sitting next to to celebrate this Padre victory. But I told Coach, I go, this is what baseball's all about. You get to the ninth inning of the clinching game, a chance to eliminate the Dodgers. Josh Hader's coming in, and guess who's coming to the plate? Mookie Betts. Trey Turner and Freddie Freeman. It had to be that way. It had to be that way, right? The greatest threesome at the top of an order, maybe in baseball history. I mean, it's as good as any other. And Josh Hader struck out all three guys. I mean, how about that for Josh Hader? It was some way to finish it off. But uh,
1: can we talk about Josh Hader for a second? Because and I'm not trying to to steal the shine of everything. Please that's steal going the on. shine for. A but moment. there are two guys I would like to bring up in this uh, postseason that were hated for a little bit, and that would be Trench Grisham, and that would be uh, Josh Hader. His name was not Josh Hader for a while. It was Josh Hated. He Hated, yes. People were willing, wanting to DFA him. We got Padres Pen Pals questions about why A.J. Preller got rid of uh, Estuary Ruiz for, for Josh Hader kind of thing. Yeah, uh, Josh Hader is uh, showing why A.J. Preller traded for him. And I, I can't necessarily say that I saw this coming with Trent Grisham, but it's uh, obviously much welcomed. And no one on this show gave up on him.
4: Yeah, Josh Hader had an unbelievably bad stretch there when he first joined the Padres. There's no question about that. Gave up the uh, three runs in a game against San Francisco. Gave up three runs in a loss to Washington. Gave up six runs on a uh, Sunday afternoon in Kansas City. I mean, he was just a complete mess. He allowed 13 runs in his first seven appearances with the Padres. He himself said he'd been bad before, but never that bad. His ERA rose all the way up to 6.42. And then somehow, someway, he got it turned around. Do you remember the, uh, the Thursday afternoon when you and I and Michael Valenzuela and uh Peter Schwartz our sales people and uh, and our you know our uh, our company president Michael Valenzuela remember all four of us Went into the, the into the uh, oh yes into yes, the studio yes, room that, that I, I took that, that away yeah when and Josh yeah. Hader came in with a one run lead in San Must Francisco see TV at and the we time. were like he's gonna
1: get murdered I didn't say that
4: well we all kind of had it in the back of our minds but Josh Hader saved that game and then he finished with a flourish he ended up saving uh, seven games down the stretch he has not allowed an earned run now since September the fifth. So, I mean, it's been more than a month since Josh Hader somehow turned his season around. And Trent Grisham goes without saying. I mean, the guy hit 184 this year. It's the second lowest batting average with as many at-bats as he had in Major League history. All right? I mean, it's historically bad. And for him to come into this postseason, you know what his OPS right now is in the postseason? 1.3? 1. 1,328. Oh, wow. I was
1: right. <laughs> you were right. Yeah. Trent Grisham's been an absolute revelation. He won the game on Friday night with his solo shot. He yep. won some games in the, against the Mets. And then he had on, a crucial
4: hit in, in the the uh, yeah. inning on Saturday night. No, Trent christian has been amazing. He's made some big-time plays in center field on top of all of that. Let's move along to Victor in Oceanside. Welcome to Gwen and Chris. Hi, Victor.
1: Hey, how's it going, Phyllis? Thanks for uh, taking my call. Of, of course, course. Of course. Go all ahead. Right, well, uh, yeah, yeah, you guys are not kidding when you're saying that a lot of people are tuning in. I've been trying to call almost all day, and I, I just haven't been able to go through until right now.
4: Well, I'm glad um, you got through. Yeah. Um,
1: and Well, I just got to say, I've, I've been meaning to – well, I was trying to talk to Coach Cantara because uh, I remember a few months back when the standings were even, uh, I told them that I thought that the Padres were going to be able to take it,
6: and uh, at this point, it's kind of irrelevant. The Dodgers took the, the the standings, took the took the West, but I think it matters now. I think the Padres pulled through when it mattered the most, and uh, it was it was beautiful. I was down there all weekend. On Friday, I was at uh, the Marriott rooftop bar watching the game. Nice. On Saturday, I was at Gallagher Square. Uh, yeah, got to see the rainbow, got to dance in the rain. It was.
1: Amazing!
4: <laughs> I'm glad you got to enjoy it, Victor. And and you're right about that with the regular season. And you know we, I I, I don't like to say when we're right about something because it, it sounds like we're patting ourselves on the back. But you got to be honest, Scraby. Tony and I kept everybody at a pretty even keel throughout this season. I mean as the as the Dodgers began to run away with the West, as the Dodgers continued to whip the Padres in series after series after series. We were as disappointed as everybody, but at the same time, we kept saying, just get into the postseason. Give yourself a shot. Even the Dodgers can be beaten in a short series. And so that's what came to pass. And, uh, you know, I, I, I wonder remember how many phone calls we had in September and late August when the team was not doing very well that said, you know what, I don't even want to get into the yes, playoffs because we're, we're just going to get swept in yes. two straight and it's going to be embarrassing. Yes, And we just laughed those calls off and said, no, you always want a chance in the postseason. You never can tell how it's going to turn out. And just imagine if we hadn't have made the postseason, the memories that we just created would not exist.
1: See, I know that it's obviously it's great and everything that they, they won the series and they're heading on to the NLCS. I couldn't be more excited. But like even if the NLDS, that was still even like a lot of fun. It was it was
4: fan, it was fantastic. And I'll tell you one thing, you know, they haven't you know gotten to the World Series yet. And you know I don't want to even put this out there in the in the in the universe,
1: but the ether.
4: Yeah, if they if they lose to the Philadelphia Phillies, you're going to have a right to be incredibly disappointed, incredibly sad, incredibly you know uh, let down, because that's what this is all about. I mean, but the good thing is, no matter what happens to the Phillies, no matter what happens in the World Series, if you play the Astros or the Yankees or the Guardians, no matter what happens from here on out. You are going to have the memories that you just got over this weekend. Those are not going anywhere, and uh, and that's why it's special to get here and do what the Padres have done. Uh, let's move on to Frank in San Diego. Frank, thanks for joining us on the program. Always good to hear from you.
6: Hello. This is Frank in San Diego. Yeah, Frank. Hey, I've one question. Could they use Jorge Alfera as a um, pitch hitter, yes. the, one the designated hitter? So he gets a chance to hit every one of us one time around each time? I'm and surprised you know, in I'm, the
4: final I, I gotta be honest with you, Frank. That's a that's a really interesting question. I thought about the same thing. Yeah, we, we talked about it again, the coach and I, I mean it sounds like Frank's sitting with us, but you know, where's Jorge Alfaro been? He hasn't even gotten an appearance. I saw the him celebrating. The, the, yes, he's been celebrating. Which he should,
1: obviously. Of course.
4: And and I look, Austin Nola's, you know, on fire right now. I mean, you're not going to take Austin Nola out. Nola's hitting three eighty one in the postseason so far with four RBIs. He's got a couple of doubles. He's got a nine sixteen OPS. Now he's walked three times. I mean, you couldn't be better at the bottom of the order than Austin Nola. But I'm very surprised that Ori Alfaro has not gotten an appearance yet. Maybe they're saving him for a tie game, bottom of the ninth, so he can get one of those walk-off RBIs Well, he is in the, the playoff walk-off series specialist. against the Phillies. This is the walk-off specialist. He has been that specialist. All right, more phone calls when we come back, more to set up Padres and Phillies and the NLCS, more Gwyn and Chris in hour number two.
2: So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.
0: I'm Glennon Doyle, author of Untamed and host of the podcast, We Can Do Hard Things. On We Can Do Hard Things, my wife, Abby, my sister, Amanda, and I talk Honestly